Hello, Marvelites, you are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 571. And I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Singh. It's Comic-Con week. We did it. We made it. My kiddo, Catherine, she just turned three years old, which is great. But she's also had this, like, lingering cold for, I don't know. 50 years and she's only three years old because she's a toddler who goes to school pre-k and stuff yeah Uh, i was gonna say enjoy the next two years of that oh i mean yeah forever and so i've just been (laughs) waiting for it to just slam into me and crush me like i when i got covid right before san diego but no i feel healthy i feel strong i'm getting up at six i'm getting on the bike i'm getting ready to kick new york comic-con's ass everybody let's do this yeah, yeah, yeah. New York Comic Con is our home convention. Mm-hmm. It's our people in the city that does not sleep well because we have anxiety and <laughs> we drink too much coffee. But I do love I love the vibe of New York Comic Con. There's just something about it that's really great. And there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up this week. We're, of course, going to have, at, at the time you're listening to this, the This Week in Marvel Captain America podcast event panel situation will have already happened um, in which Ryan and I have talked all things Captain America with some really, really cool people. But also, if you can't be there with us in person and you want to see more, more, always more, you can watch Ryan all weekend long at marvel.com slash NYCC. But there's some really good stuff if you are in person at New York Comic Con. So much going on. Of course, we have a big Marvel booth. We have two booths. Actually, I'll get to the merch booth, which is a separate entity in and of itself in a second. But in the main booth, we got a lot of stuff. We have Vivi, who does some of our premium digital collectibles. Uh, You can take a closer look at those. Check out some of that. I know some of the things that they're doing, so that's going to be super fun. If you love a good photo opportunity, and I know you do, we have a Target slash Black Panther photo op to celebrate Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda forever. It's going to be very cool. And if you can't be there in person... You can follow the action on Marvel Live presented by Target, which is always good. We also have an exclusive reveal of a wax figure going to the Marvel Hall of Heroes at Madame Tussauds, New York, complete with photo opportunities with the brand new figure and Black Panther. And there's more. There's some the the booth is it's always a fun place to be. But also there is going to be a full schedule of all of the shows that are going to be on the stage. Ryan's going to be hustling and bustling across the stage with the other hosts like Langston and Angelique and Ray, who will also be there. And if you want to see the full breakdown, there is a lot happening throughout four days of Mm Comic-Con. So head over to marvel.com slash NYCC to check out the full booth schedule because there's stuff on the Marvel stage all weekend long. Plus, of course, the panel schedules. There's lots and lots of stuff. But also, as promised, one of my favorite things, the merch booth. And the merch booth, it used to be in the Marvel booth, but now it has its own little separate entity. So the booth is at 2057. That's the booth number. But for the merch booth, it's 2261 so that you won't get caught up in the boothness. You can um, be in the merch line and and check out all the cool stuff. But there is some really, really, really cool stuff this year. And also just one of my favorite things because I want them pins. Yeah, the pins are super cool. There are these Spidey Beyond Amazing, you know, we're celebrating Spidey's anniversary. But the pins this year are they're trading card themed. Like the classic late 80s, early 90s Marvel Universe trading cards. So there's like yeah. from Series 3, Spider-Man and Green Goblin. Series 1, Electro and Black Suit Spider-Man. Series 2, Spider-Man. Series 4, Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman. And then two mystery ones. Yeah. I love this so much. The pins are always so fun. And I love that you can almost always find somebody at the booth who's willing to trade you and see, you know, like, oh, I'll trade you your whatever for your whatever. That's always really fun. And of course, there's also going to be a lot more merch. The spirit jerseys are a favorite of mine. The spirit jersey includes a purple She-Hulk spirit jersey. Okay, and I need a you Wakanda to get me Forever, one. Captain America, and they're really nice. The It's Jeff t-shirt. Did you see that one? <gasps> I saw that there is some It's Jeff, Jeff the Landshark merch. There's some really good stuff. We have a full catalog over at marvel.com slash NYCC. You go to the merch area. You see all that stuff. One of the other things I, before we, we keep rolling, I wanted to mention about the booth. You know, we have 
signings and we have all these events on the stage and Lorraine has done a ton of work for them. But the signings are really cool because we're doing signings, but a little bit of a, like a, a panel interview conversation before mm-hmm. we do those signings. So you come, you can learn a little bit about who's up on stage and you get to get something from them signed right there. We're making these signings really cool, really special. I, I love the way we're doing it now. Yeah. I'm also secretly typing away, helping those get done. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> um, I'm always just like locked in a closet somewhere with a typewriter. Yeah. Uh, like the 1930s. Um, um, oh, also come into the merch booth. I want to shout out the variants. We always have New York Comic Con variants. This one is going to be Carnage number six with a Peach Momoko variant and an Exterminators number one J. Scott Campbell variant. It's just full disco dazzler. J. Scott Campbell did so much work on her feathered hair. It's glorious. I love it. I love me some J. Scott Campbell and some Peach Momoko. So super awesome there. And if you're a Marvel Unlimited Annual Plus subscriber, you should definitely head over to the Marvel booth. Yeah, because Marvel Unlimited Annual Plus subscribers will be eligible this year for a free exclusive one-of-a-kind Ant-Man number four variant by Niao Fuji featuring Ant-Man and Marvel's latest, biggest, bestest breakout star, Jeff the Land Shark. You just go to the Marvel booth for all the details on that one. Yeah. Also, you know, if you're headed to the panels, look out. Some of the panels are going to have other exclusives and whatnot. But listen... It's Comic-Con. Everything's exclusive. Your experience is exclusive. So, you know, come say hi if you were there on the floor. I know I will be only at the twin panel. So by the time you're listening to this, if you saw me, you saw me. Um, But Ryan will still be there all weekend long. And we love to say hello to folks. It's kind of the best thing about getting to go to the con. Big fun week ahead. And we still got a lot of fun stuff for you here on this episode because this week our guest is Blessing Arioye Jr. He's a host and a producer at Kinda Funny, a great podcast group, friends of mine. And uh, I got to sit down and talk with Blessing in person. That might have been my first in person this week in Marvel podcast interview in like three years. It's so weird. That's wild. Yeah. We did it in like a business center at the hotel, super profesh, and it was great. <laughs> there was but... somebody trying to do faxes, and they were like, what are these two guys doing? <laughs> uh, but it was really great. Blessing hosted the Marvel and Disney Game Showcase at D23 Expo. So we're going to talk about video games and Marvel and uh, controversial opinions, maybe. We'll see. Let's get into that a little bit later. But first things first, we want to give you all a reminder that Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder Blu-ray Sweepstakes, presented by us here at This Week of Marvel, is still rolling on. So to enter for a chance to win a copy of Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder Blu-ray, please head over to marvel.com slash Thor Sweepstakes. We'll put that link in the description so you can get all up in that. Yeah, the disc includes 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and a digital copy, which includes bonus features and a hammer pin. We have 10 copies to give away, but this is for listeners of the show, of This Week in Marvel. So, of course, if you want to share it with friends, share the episode and tell them to listen to find out how to enter, because we always love to have new friends. But you will need to sign up for Marvel Insider at no cost. It will cost you zero points to enter, but you got to go over and log into that. You can hit it up at marvel.com insider to set up the account or the link in the description. Of course, you must be a resident of the U.S. and 18 or older. And the last day to do this is October 14th. I want all of you to win, but only 10 of you can. Yeah, 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 do it. Oh, and while we're talking about Marvel Studios, oh my gosh, there is so much goodness for Marvel Studios. First and foremost, Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda Forever released the official trailer, and we got so much more of the film. I am so excited for folks to check it out. And tickets are on sale now, Mother Truckers. So you better go get your tickets. I'm so excited to see it with a big old audience. We got to see so much good stuff. I have to say, Ryan, I don't know about you, but Mm. when I saw Namor's little ankle wings a flapping, I I was like, that was for me personally. Thank you to Marvel Studios. (laughs) There's one shot in that trailer where he's like, 
he flies from right to left to right. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's the coolest visualization of mm-hmm. of him moving. I can't wait. So excited. Oh, and there have been some sick posters, just absolutely banging posters released mm. several this week that are just incredible. You can check them out on Marvel social media or marvel.com. And of course, you can watch the trailer on the Marvel YouTube as well. Go get your tickets right now and experience it only in theaters November 11th. And if you want some great behind the scenes stuff, our friends at Empire Magazine just released their latest Mm. issue. And it's got two covers featuring Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Great covers, lots of in-depth behind the scenes stuff in there. And of course... We're going to be at New York Comic Con. If you have seen some of the footage, you know we're going to have costumes from the film on the stage. You can see that on the live stream, all that and more. But we're going to do a New York Comic Con roundup post show. So we'll get into all the reveals for our Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever things after that. Yeah. And we got a preview of some of the cool merch that's coming out. There is a new Wakanda Forever collection from heroes and villains inspired by Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever that has just been revealed. There's some awesome shirts. Heroes and Villains does some really great apparel stuff. Also, there is a new wave of Funko Pops inspired by Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. So go check out both Heroes and Villains and those new Funkos on Marvel.com where you can see all the pictures and cool stuff. We love to see it. Sure do. You know what else we love to see? Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law, because the penultimate episode of the season, episode eight, is now available only on Disney+. Plus. You get a little bit of cutie pie Daredevil. You get super jerkhole Josh all over this one. It's a big one. Oh, boy. My feelings. Uh, <laughs> my feelings, Ryan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are confused. Um, <laughs> this whole series is great and hold on to your hats for the last episode y'all that's all i can say but of course you can watch marvel studio she hulk attorney at law now only on disney plus look out for the season finale next thursday and go to marvel.com where you can check out articles on our marvel must-haves including jewelry prints mugs and more all the shulky things you gotta get can you believe it there's even more for marvel studios because this week is marvel studios Werewolf by Night Week. Today. Today, actually, as we release. That's right. Yes, indeed. Today, this is the day. You can watch a new featurette about the special presentation. Or better yet, go on over to Disney Plus right now and watch it as of today. Enjoy the heck out of it, as Ryan and I absolutely have. It is the perfect way to kick off your October movie marathon Mm -hmm. as ryan and i love to watch a halloween movie or a a spoopy movie in the october months this is the best way to do it it is so cool but if you've seen the trailer you know that it is beautifully shot it's super cool it's got like that old monster movie vibe just the coolest so rad uh do you have a, a theme for your halloween movie watching this year We are going on like a more magical bent this Mm. year. I think that I have realized that the last couple of years I have gone hard on like really intense movies and I watch sometimes several a day because this is all I do in October because I do not have a toddler. Um, Sorry to Ryan. (laughs) But um, because of that, I've decided I'm going to choose a less stressful path this time and Hmm. do myself a favor because I have weird dreams in October. I bet. I bet. What's your theme this year? Yeah, we're sticking to mostly vampire movies. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, also, if you're looking for more fall fun, of course, you can check out the fall essential must-haves over on marvel.com. There's a bunch of really cute stuff. There is a pumpkin spice spidey pillow that brings me great joy because I am a PSL girly. There's also some really cute hoodies. There's like a Loki slow cooker, some Scarlet Witch wintry gear. There's these little Marvel pumpkins that are like little plush. They're super cute. And they all look like different kind of like Marvel characters and Marvel insignias. You can, of course, check out all the must-haves from She-Hulk to Fall Essentials and beyond at marvel.com slash must-haves. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, of course, we've got New York Comic Con this week, lots of stuff going on. But last week, our friends at Hasbro had Hasbro PulseCon 2022, where they revealed a whole bunch of stuff for all their different brands, including Marvel. So lots of Marvel Legends reveals, new stuff that is now up for pre-order. I'm going to go through as much of this as I can, but there was a freaking lot, okay? There was the retro Iron Man sort of sort of like a vintage style on the old school toy biz packaging and what i love is it comes with a plasma cannon so if you're a fan of say like iron man in the fighting games it's really cool he's got an extra head which has a sweet sweet mullet anyway i want it all that was very cool there is a three pack of daredevil figures coming with a uh, electra in a white suit daredevil on like the super articulated body the like, the spider-man style body and a bullseye with this great head sculpt he looks really cool uh retro carded dr doom looking fantastic a retro ghost rider box set with the bike with his ghosty ridey bike of course we know that the marvel legends has lab for ghost rider engine of vengeance is still going on check that out at hasbropulse.com there's a classic style orb coming in 2023, which Jason Aaron is going to be buying a case of just those. Uh, there's going to be a Secret Wars Molecule Man coming in 2023, which I love that. I love him. Uh, a nice. Moonstone late this year for our fans who love Marvel Studios' What If. There's a Warrior Gamora coming from that there's a whole set of retro style x-men figures so you got wolverine in blue and yellow costume which is sort of like the late era jim lee stuff i love that the muir island saga vibes oh so good you get a, a long shot multiple man dark phoenix Ooh. avalanche spiral who she looks so dope with all her arms she's so cool say. yeah I love that line. Love, love, love that whole wave of figures. And then a couple more sneak peeks of what's coming in 2023. We got a yellow and blue Storm. So she's got that same costume that Wolverine has. Uh, she's got lightning in her hands and regular hands. She's just, she's going to be fantastic. And another one in that same style of costume with Banshee. So vibes of Uncanny X-Men 275 era, give or take. A freaking Strife figure. Y'all, nice. give me my boy Strife. Then another oh one of the VHS uh, X-Men boxes of Cyclops, who looks very, very cool. Then they also teased that we've been doing the X-Men of these VHS box sets. They look like the old VHS cassettes, and you have the figure inside. We've been doing them for X-Men. Now they're going to do them for Spider-Man. So like the Spider-Man animated series vibes, they teased a little bit of Spider-Man and Carnage. So get ready for all that. There's lots more. Of course, you can pre-order a lot of this stuff over at HasbroPulse.com and stay tuned as more of this gets released. Wow, that's a bunch of stuff, but super cool. Also, you guys are probably here because you like a reading. You you enjoy reading all kinds of things, sometimes comic books, sometimes movie screens. <laughs> um, and now you can head on over to the New York Public Library and get a Beyond Amazing Library card to celebrate Spidey's 60th anniversary. New York Public Library and Marvel Entertainment are joining forces. It's a special limited edition Spider-Man library card available on October 11th to inspire new and existing patrons to explore a multitude of free books, resources, and programs at the library, including, of course, Marvel graphic novels. Yes, you can read some of our Marvel comics at the library in trade form, usually, but it's such a great initiative. Love the New York Public Library. It is truly an amazing resource, and they have all kinds of stuff online. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend the New York Public Library and your library near you as well. But the collaboration is debuting for the first time here at New York Comic Con. Well, it's going on, which, of course, marks the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man's first comic book, Amazing Fantasy number 15. We know him. We love him. And we're going to be celebrating Spideys throughout the year for Spider-Man's 60th. His pals Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy are going to be featured on the card as well as on an upcoming banner outside of the Stephen A. Schwartzman building and the windows of the Stavros Niarchos 
Foundation Library. So if you're in the city, go walk by the main library branch on 42nd Street. You know the one over in Bryant Park. But there are going to be a lot more details about how you can get your hands on one at nypl.org slash beyondamazing. Go check out the details and uh, see if you are able to get your hands on one. Got to support our libraries and our librarians doing the good work. Mm-hmm. Speaking of good work and good books, we got a new release from Insight Books, the Magic of Marvel Oracle deck. It's this really cool, unique take on the traditional Oracle deck. The set features characters like Incredible Hulk, Loki, Spider-Man, Scarlet Witch, and more really cool illustrations sort of based on classic Oracle iconography, 44 cards in all. Also included is a guidebook, which explains each card's meaning and offers simple instructions for easy readings. It's like this really cool decorative gift box. The deck is going to be really, really cool. I think that's a a, a killer holiday gift. You get the book, Mm -hmm. you get the deck, all that stuff. Check that out at marvel.com. I was checking it out and it's really cool. You know, an Oracle deck, if you're not familiar, is kind of like a tarot deck. But all of the cards, you know, instead of it being like the traditional tarot characters, it's the the actual characters. So it'll be like, you get Doctor Strange and this is what Doctor Strange means. Like, I thought it was a really, really cool take. So if you have somebody who loves that kind of stuff, like uh, tarot or Oracle decks, definitely a great gift item. And Insight Books is doing some really cool stuff. Lorraine and I just got copies of the Marvel Anatomy book, which is mm-hmm. gorgeous. I think we're going to do a special feature on that in the coming months just because it's it's really beautiful and there's an interesting story behind it. So we'll be talking more about that real soon. Yeah. Also, another one for the Marvel fan in your life or for your Marvel self, Marvel Mazes from Chronicle Books. It is out now. These are really cool. It's it's a maze book. So, you know, if you want to sit and have one of those like soothing activities, like doing a maze, but they are all of these different sort of locations and Marvel inspired art that contains the maze. It's by the same author that did the Star Wars mazes. It's really an interactive, fun book for all ages. So you can do it as something soothing at the end of the day, or you can share it with a little one. They're just really cool and intricate. It kind of like almost reminds me of like a Where's Waldo situation. And you can order it now at chroniclebooks.com or wherever you get your books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of books, let's talk about some comic books and the featured comic books we talked about this week on my other show, Marvel's Fullest Podcast. It's the show where we dive into every new release. We give previews. We give reasons to check them out. We give our picks of the week. This week, our picks are Avengers X-Men Eternals Star Fox, number one, Miracle Man, number zero, which I'm so excited to be talking about new Miracle Man comics this Like in the year 2022, it's very cool. And Spider-Man number one, the beginning of the end of Spider-Verse. So really, really cool stuff there in the new releases. And then our reading club guest is writer Danny Lore. They came on to talk about Doctor Strange versus Dracula, the Montessi formula, because we're all about vamps, 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 vamps. Uh, Blade is in it. You've got vampy action. It's something I never read before, to be honest. 80s Doctor Strange has never been my bag, but I had a good time with it and checked it out. And of course, Danny's been doing some really cool stuff on many, many titles, but especially we've got some cool stuff from Bloodline, the daughter of Blade that Danny's been writing. So check all that out. You can listen to Marvel's Pull List podcast on SiriusXM, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about Marvel's voices. Of course, this season is all about the global influence of the Marvel Universe and how the national of writers and artists working at Marvel has expanded and led to a more widespread cultural influence on the Marvel Universe. And in Episode 7, guest host and Marvel.com editor Marika Hashimoto talks to Peach Momoko, who, of course, is an absolutely fantastic artist and storyteller. It's Peach's first time ever on a podcast, which is awesome. And she talks about her book Demon Days, which is a really cool retelling of Civil War through sort of her lens of Japanese folklore and her art style, which is really, really cool. So go and definitely check out the podcast. You can listen on the SiriusXM app, Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That is a fun one. Mm-hmm. 
let's keep on this podcast train because we've got the latest episode of Marvel's Wastelanders Doom, the latest installment of our epic scripted podcast series, Marvel's Wastelanders from Marvel Entertainment and Sirius XM. This week, we've got Chapter 5, Truth Serum. It is now available to subscribers to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts and the Sirius XM app. In an effort to uncover Doom's plans, Valeria concocts an elixir to get the truth out of him. Let's listen to a teaser right now. Well, what is it you seek to force upon doom? These ritual herbs and elixirs come from the lost Uh. hordes of the Kotati. Restoratives. Uh. The gifts of the Kotati maximize health, body, spirit, mind. I think we could all use some of that. Lift your chalice. Then drink it down all the way. You all right? I feel my strength rising. Yes. Doom is articulate. Yes. Have some more and you'll feel even better in the morning. Then pour. Herbs all around. Herbs all around. All right, that is a little bit of Marvel's Wastelanders Doom. Chapters 1 through 5 are now available to subscribers to the SiriusXM app and Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. And of course, chapters 1 through 4 are available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited for exclusive bonus content and to hear episodes one week early. Hey, that is a whole lot of news and we didn't even really get into New York Comic Con. We'll be getting into that a whole lot more the next time you hear us here on this podcast. But we are not done yet. We got more show. We're kind of throwing it back to the last con, D23 Expo in a way. Yeah, because as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have Blessing Arioye Jr. on the show this week. Blessing is one of the hosts for Kind of Funny, and they do all kinds of stuff, stuff about pop culture, and but mostly video games, and Bless is the main host for Kind of Funny Games Daily, their daily video game show where they talk about news and, and silliness and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so he's a podcast host, a video host. Uh, he does does a lot of stuff like Lorraine and I do. I sat down and talked with him after he hosted the Disney and Marvel Game Showcase at D23 Expo. We talked about how he got into games media, about podcasting, his favorite games from Marvel and beyond, lots of Marvel love, and so much more. Let's hear from Blessing right now. Hello, Blessing. Hey, hey, yo, what's up? How's it going? It is great. Blessing, you hosted the Marvel Games and Disney Games showcase at d23 expo but where else will fans know you from uh of course people might know me from kind of funny games i host a show called kind of funny games daily which is our daily video game news show Uh, and i'm also on shows like ps i love you which is our playstation podcast along with a slate of other kind of funny stuff right where we're a channel we just love talking about nerdy stuff and so it is, you know, our video game side, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. And then over on youtube.com slash kind of funny, it is us talking about movies, TV, comic books, general funny stuff. Now, Blessing, mm-hmm. I have something to tell you. The only time I visited Kind of Funny's offices was in September of 2019. I was going to come on, co-host Kind of Funny Games Daily. Mm-hmm. We did some stuff for This Week in Marvel. We did some stuff for one of our video shows. And I got there and Greg's like, hey, so sorry We have a change in schedule right now. We've got this kid who we're thinking about doing a lot more stuff with, and he's really great. Um, His name is Blessing, and he's going to be hosting Kind of Funny Games Daily. Are you cool with that? I was like, yeah, fine. That's fine. Uh, If you told me, I would be like, yo, just let me host it, Ryan. That would have been the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) And that was was my first exposure to you. And, uh, you know, since then, that's what, three years ago, and you've been doing a great job. Thank you, I man. like some of your takes. Uh, <laughs> but that's the that's way it goes, right? Like, that, that's what it should be. Like, yeah. Everybody has their own opinions and, and various things on, like, the stuff that they love and the things that what, they what do. What is the take you hate the most? I don't know if there's a take that I hate the most. But, the, you know, like, because I listen to Kind of Funny Games Daily every day. What you guys do is is so fun and spot on. It's like, you guys have a good rapport. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, Kind of Funny Games Daily is now one of my favorite shows to do. I love it so much because... It really is whatever we want it to be. Like, it has an identity. It is us talking about the main news stories of the day in gaming. But with that, you know, it is the fun thing of figuring out, all right, what is the big conversation to be had today? And whether it is, we got the Disney and Marvel game showcase. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people probably popped for the Black Panther and Captain America game uh, that was shown off. And, like, 
being able to take news headlines like that and go, cool, now what are the contexts in which we need to talk about this, right? Like, is it the characters? Is it this crossover? Is it Amy Hennig working on it? Is it Scott? Like, what are the things that are cool, fascinating, or worthwhile to talk about this? Being able to do that every single day for the um, various different news stories that pop off, I think is such a fun process, and it helps us dig deeper into the news tidbits. Yeah, I really love doing that show. It's fun. And I'm, I'm excited for you now to, like, sort of be in charge of it, yeah. which is a good time. We've been talking about games, we've talked about a lot of kind of funny stuff, but I want to rewind a little bit, and I want to know, what's your Marvel origin story? Oh, I like this question, because for me, this still roots in games, where as a kid, I'd watch cartoons, the Marvel stuff passively. You know, X-Men was on, on TV, other shows were on TV, and I'd watch that stuff when they were on, but I was never fully obsessed with them. I was always like, okay, yeah, this is cool. X-Men, I forget which one was on when I was a kid. Probably X-Men Evolution. I was going to say Evolution. You're like five years old. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I definitely, well, I, I, I did watch quite a bit of X-Men Evolution, actually, and I, and I like that. But even the X-Men cartoon before that, the more classic one, that was one where I, I would see it, and I'm like, man, you know, this is cool. It's, it's all right. It's whatever. <laughs> now, uh, that's the hot take right there. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's all right. To the thing that formed, like, 50% of our fan base. 1,000%. But that's just, me, that's just me being a youngster, right? That's yes. not me necessarily hating on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, for me, I started to gain a bigger appreciation of Marvel through the uh, Spider-Man game on PS1, which was fantastic. And that was like... That was the game that I played at my friend's house. I remember there being scenes toward the end where they're introducing other heroes, where it's like Cap. And I want to say I remember the thing being there. And it was this like, oh, snap. All right, there's more heroes to this universe. All right, that's really interesting. But yeah, I was really into that game. And then later on, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies were coming out. And with that, they had the tie-in games to those as well. And I remember being at a different friend's place playing Spider-Man 1 for Xbox. And that being a oh, cool, like, more Spider-Man, and, like, this story is interesting, right? Like, it's a origin story, and it is, you know, you're swinging from building to building, and that was before they expanded out into open world and stuff, so it is, you're still in the sky, and the webs are attaching to nothing. It's still that <laughs> kind of Spider-Man game, but I remember playing that with my friend and loving it and loving the different modes of, they had, like, an arena mode that took place in, like, the wrestling ring, you know, earlier in the movie. I remember getting a little bit obsessed with that and being like, this is awesome, and then, what changed everything was them announcing the Spider-Man 2 video game, which basically shifted it into open world, right? Now you're on the streets of New York. You can fight crime in real time. Your kids will lose their balloons. You can go and save the balloon and give it back to the kid. You know, it was that kind of game. And I remember that being announced, seeing the trailer and being like, this is the best thing ever. And... I got my hands on that game, absolutely loved it. And at the same time, I then was watching the Tobey Maguire movies and absolutely loved them. And Spider-Man 2 was probably the game that solidified the idea that anyone can put on the mask, mm. right? That Peter Parker and Spider-Man are these characters that can be relatable and you can put on the, the, those shoes. You know, Peter Parker was, you know, th this nerd. And I'm sure this is the same story everybody tells when it comes to their love of Peter Parker. But Peter Parker was this nerd who, like didn't always get the girl and you know stumbled over his words and, and was awkward and it was a lot of stuff that was relatable whereas spider-man was the side of him that shined right the side of him that was i can do great things i can do awesome things and these two parts of me can coexist i remember as a kid really internalizing that and being like i was a pretty awkward kid i would say right like somewhat nerdy but like not nerdy in the good way like i still got bad grades <laughs> You know, I was just nerdy in the way of like, yeah, man, I'm not great at making friends. Not all of it was true, but I, as a kid, I was like, that's just what I believed. Yeah. But then I also had these things that I would go out and do as far as like extracurricular stuff where I would do like hip hop dancing. I would do spoken word poetry. I would engage in these things that I viewed as my Spider-Man side of myself. You know, this is what I do to go out and be great. And I always compared that in my mind to Spider-Man. And so Spider-Man for me was the the gateway drug to then, you know, then watching more cartoons, right? Like I said, X-Men um, Evolution, I thought was super dope. There was another Spider-Man cartoon back in the day. I want to say it was on Disney XD that I would catch every now and then. That there I was liked. a Disney XD one. There was an MTV one. There's the Sensational Spider-Man. I, I would have pegged you for a Sensational Spider-Man kid. I, wanna maybe, I forget which one was the what the Disney XD one was called. The Disney XD was there was Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate. There was just Marvel Spider-Man. There was it the one where he had roommates and then like Nova was in it. And oh man, we've done a lot of Spider-Man. Yeah, he's kind of popular, so we just keep doing stuff. Yeah, like we just have to keep making Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, cartoons, which is great. Which is which is great and which is awesome. Now I can't like I can't wait for the one that's coming to Disney Plus. Ooh, freshman year, you have no that idea. That looks like it's about to be dope. 
but yeah, like I got more into the just general Marvel uh, cartoons and stuff. But I think for me, what maybe made me an even bigger fan of the universe was the MCU. Watching the first Iron Man was a revelation for me, uh, and watching like well, even watching like you know the X Men movies before that, those were also great for me. But I think the MCU becoming a universe really solidified. Oh, I now care about everything going on. You know, it's not just these pockets of X Men or Spider Man or whatever. I do care about this as a oh, man, what's Iron Man up to? What's Hulk up to? How do they interact? You know, I, that has become uh, such a thing now that I absolutely adore and I'm, I absolutely can't get enough of. Yeah. It's got to be tough for you to keep on top of that while also I know you've got to play like a ton of games a week. You've got to be on top of the news. You've got to be doing all this stuff for like a specific industry. How like up to date are you able to be on the MCU? On the MCU, pretty up to date. And I think that's just... In a way, the MCU is more, it's kind of a vacation from my other things because we cover MCU stuff a lot at Kind of Funny, but usually I'm not on that stuff. Usually I, I stick to the, the games side of things. And so when I kind of want to relax from the game stuff, which is now work for me, I am watching um, the Marvel shows or I am watching the MCU stuff. And it has become such a big event for me whenever there is a new MCU drop. And I still get genuinely excited to do it. And, you know, I think that mixed with the fact that, like, Video games are such a big investment. You know, video games can be anywhere from 10 hours long to 20 hours long to 50 hours long to 100 hours long and even longer depending on the kind of game that you're playing. You know, the nice thing about movies and the MCU is that that's not as big of an investment. I can go watch Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness and have it be cool. I was in a theater for two hours, had fun, and that was that, right? Now I'm going to go listen to podcasts about it or like watch <laughs> YouTube videos about it. It's a fun vacation for me. But yeah, I think the the tougher thing really is figuring out how to keep up with the video game side of things where, you know, video games are interesting because there's not that same kind of connectivity in terms of what's happening in the universe. There's not a video game MCU. And so when there are Marvel games that come out, it can be anything from, okay, here's Marvel's Ultimate Alliance 3, to here's Marvel Spider-Man on PlayStation, to here's this new Wolverine game that was announced, and or Marvel Snap, right? Like, there are so many different universes now that are coming into the, the video game space, and there are also different genres and different types. There's Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is a tactical RPG, and not all of these games are my type of genre, and so it's the, it's the interesting thing now of seeing certain games and going, Oh, I like that character. I like this story. This seems cool. But then also going, but am I going to play this? Because it's different from like what I usually would play gameplay wise. So I think keeping up with this Marvel stuff on video games is actually harder than uh, the movie side of things. Yeah. Talking about all the different games and maybe this isn't your type of thing. It's something I, I hear our Marvel comics people talk about. It's like not every comic needs to be for every person. It's really important to have something that maybe appeals to someone and then the other person you don't have to read it. Like maybe it doesn't have the right character. It's not the right type of story. And I think as we see more things from say Marvel games, they're providing new experiences that don't necessarily appeal to every single gamer. You obviously you hosted the showcase at D23 Expo for Marvel games, Disney games. How much fun is that? Like to me, obviously there's pressure, but just getting to go out there and, and give information, give stuff to the fans. That's a blast. Yeah. It was such a, a really good time. I was, happy and shocked that they hit me up for it you know i got hired on to kind of funny at the beginning of 2020 and for the last two and a half years of working i've not gotten as much in person on stage experience to kind of funny because of the pandemic and so this is actually one of the first bigger things that i've gotten to do in terms of getting brought on to host a showcase like this and i was blown away when i was talking to the the team and they're like yeah we wanted you because of kind of funny games daily actually because they view the show as being a Headline focused, you know, we want the news tidbits and we want somebody who knows how to talk about news and talk about headlines. And that's what they why they hit me up specifically for it. And once they said that, it clicked. And also it helps contextualize what the showcase was, right? You know, the showcase is the kind of showcase you expect for a video game publisher or like a, a game showcase, right? It is the headlines, it is that. But getting to then follow that up with the D23 panel and sitting down with different developers and getting to interview them and ask them questions and like know the questions that are important to ask, right? Hey, what is it about Marvel's Midnight Suns that's going to get me in as a new player? Hey, what is it about this Black Panther, Captain America, Skydance game that you're doing from a story perspective that's going to elevate it, right? What is it about it being in World War II that makes that a unique setting? Getting to ask those questions, I think, fits so well for what I get to do at Kind of Funny. And it was just, it was a blast. Like I had such a good time uh, working with everybody and getting to be on that stage and do that. 
when they're prepping you for it, is there one thing that made you go, oh, really? You're doing that? For me, it was the Black Panther Captain America thing. Because, you know, that was the Skydance Marvel game we knew existed. And even when they put out the press release for it, when they announced the showcase, they did hint that it was going to be an ensemble thing. I got to see some of the, like, work in progress a version of, like, the trailer. And I saw the Black Panther claws on the shield. And I was like, whoa, wait a second, what? <laughs> like, what is this? Oh, my goodness. That blew me away. That I for sure can't wait for. But then also, you know, I know this is a Marvel show, but Disney Speedstorm, I think, looks dope. Mickey and friends, along with, like, Pixar characters and more characters, doing, you know, a fun kart racing game. And it looks super dope. I think it's uh, oftentimes hard to make a, a kart racing game that stands up with the greats. But this one, I think, looks very quality. It looks really exciting. I think the characters are, are awesome. And then there's also another game called Disney Illusion Island, which is a 2D platformer that stars uh, Mickey and Friends. And the art style, I think, looks awesome. It being a co-op four-player game, I think, is awesome. And it's going to be on the Nintendo Switch. And so it looks like the perfect game for me to be able to sit down and play with friends. Those are the three where I was like, oh, let's go. These look really fun. Hell yeah. I was talking with the games folks a while ago, and they were saying, okay, here's this this game with Captain America and Black Panther and the setting and all this stuff. And we're going to have uh, Mark Bernardin come on and he's going to be part of it. And I was so excited because Mark's been a friend of mine for a long time. He does some really great stuff in film and television and comics and games. He's been all over the place. So for me, it's just so much fun to see people who are passionate about the work doing these projects and like have a history with it. You got Mark on that. It's good when you see people who are passionate about these games and doing really exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah, like talking about Mark Bernard and, and Amy Hennig working on the Captain America Black Panther game, I was very excited after talking to them. Of course, I was excited when I first saw the trailer, but actually getting to chat with them and, you know, dig in and ask more questions about, especially about the characters represented, because one of the things that hit me, it hit me while I was on stage, I look back at the promotional image of the game, and it was the four characters. I realized that like three out of four of the characters are black. And I was like, wait a second, holy cow, like you don't get that that often, right? Especially... In that era, there is so much they can do story-wise. You know, just think about the conversations that can be had between characters, right? Like, you're talking about somebody who's a howling commando during World War II. You're talking about Captain America. We got somebody who's a Wakandan spy. And then we have somebody who's the king of Wakanda. And what does that conversation look like in terms of, hey, so, like, you got these resources. Where have you been, right? And if, as Gabe Jones, you're friends with Captain America and you're like, hey, this white man who has the American flag on him has treated me better than you have, right? Like... I, I'm excited to see if they broach those conversations and how those conversations go, because I think for the way that Mark talks about it, the way that Amy talks about it, I think they're going into this with a very good creative mind uh, and figuring out like how we can bring in diversity, but also bring in like conversations that shouldn't and, and can be had in this setting. So I'm so excited for what this game's going to do um, from a story perspective. Yeah. Like Mark mentioned, having Evan Narciss on there, Jeffrey Thorne, some other people on the creative side. It's going to be so good. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out, speaking of things that blew me away, to see the Marvel World of Heroes. Yeah. I was very surprised when I saw that okay. for the first time. I was like, oh, snap. All right, cool. This makes a lot of sense. And I think that's going to be exciting. You know, I remember playing um, Pokemon Go back in 2016 and how much of a moment it was. Uh, I want to say it was like July 2016 where I had flown back home for the first time after moving away. And my friends were still back home and I remember hitting up my friends being like, hey, you know, I'm here for a week. What do we want to do? And they're like, yo, this game just came out. Do you want to just go to the park and play? And so we did. And everybody was at the park, like catching Pokemon and stuff. Right. And thinking about Niantic making an AR game for Marvel, the moments that can be had, the things that they can do. They talk a lot about how, yeah, we want to put you in the shoes of being a superhero and actually let you, you know, use superpowers and them talking about it being this expanded version of that kind of AR game, I think. It's so exciting, so cool. I can't wait to get my hands on that. Yeah. Like, similar to the Marvel origin story, what's your video game origin story like? Do you remember your first console, your first Yeah. Uh, my first console was the Nintendo 64. I grew up with three older sisters, and they actually had an NES before me. But, like, after a while, I don't know what happened to the original NES, but, like, they got rid of it, and they we ended up getting N64. But, yeah, my first video games were... Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey for the N64 and Super Mario 64 <laughs> for the N64. The um, two best games for N64. The two best games you can get on the platform, yeah. And I love those games so much. And I played a lot of multiplayer stuff uh, with my sisters, right? It was a lot of um, Mario Kart, Mario Party, Smash. You know, we played a lot of 
what you'd expect from somebody who has an N64, right? I think there's a commonality between that library that like a lot of people had GoldenEye, a lot of people had the same games. But after a while, as I got older, my sisters started playing video games less and less, and I ended up getting a PS2. And I think for me, the Nintendo 64 opened me up as a kid to kind of getting addicted to the gameplay, right? Like, I, I love Mario, I love the colors, I love platforming, I love that kind of thing, right? I love the gameplay. But the the shift for me into the PS2 era was a shift of, okay, now I'm playing games less for just the gameplay and just the fun of it, and now I'm getting my hands on on games like Shadow of Colossus and Metal Gear Solid 3, and those games changed my gaming life, sure. essentially, right? Because uh, I want to say I started off with Metal Gear Solid 3, and that really opened my eyes into oh, video games can have really good stories. I, I can't believe how much I care about these characters. I can't believe I care how much I care about what's going on. Um, you and know, they could be absolutely bonkers. And they can be amazing. Because, again, I was coming from playing the Nintendo 64. And Nintendo 64 doesn't have any game like that. You know, No offense to Nintendo 64. I love that platform. But there's nothing they're doing story-wise on the, on the level of, of Metal Gear. And so, yeah, playing Metal Gear Solid blew me away in that way. And then playing Shadow of Colossus right after it blew me away in an entirely different way where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, video games can be art. Right, like I look at the visual design of that game, and I'm like, oh my goodness! Like the the things they're doing art wise is incredible. I listen to the soundtrack, and I'm like, man, the orchestra in this game is fantastic. And then let alone a lot of the symbolism and the meaning behind the story, right? What you're going through as this character who's trying to take out these sixteen different colossi, it is such a meaningful and and deep and artistically made game, and that just blew me away. And from there, you know, I started diving deeper into games like, you know, I played a lot of GTA, which blew my mind in terms of open world. And that was the era for me where video games went from a fun thing to them being probably a passion, right? Like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm obsessed with this now. Blessing, how how, how did you start getting into, like, sort of this world of podcasting, Ooh, streaming? That's a good question. I listened to a lot of podcasts and I watched a lot of YouTube growing up. I watched a lot of Let's Play stuff. I watched just like general gameplay. I loved I loved watching reviews, whether they were like iGen reviews or like Machinima reviews. I just loved watching gaming content. And I think the transition for me was from high school to college where I went from just watching like YouTube videos that were like Machinima and stuff to then in college, I listened to a lot of podcasts. And one of the podcasts I really loved actually were the IGN podcasts. And at the time, Greg Miller was hosting IGN Beyond, and he was on a lot of the IGN stuff. And I would also listen to Giant Bomb and a lot of other video game podcasts. And I remember having a moment in college where it clicked that he's doing this for work. Like, he gets paid to talk about video games. And I was like, dude, can I get paid to talk about video games? Like, how do I do that? And so toward the end of college, right, at the time I was majoring in communication, so there was, like, some commonality in terms of what I was studying and what that would end up being. But... I remember applying to IGN and applying to GameSpot and other video game websites and like not getting called back because I did not have experience, right? I was like, oh yeah, I've graduated now. Let me apply to these things. Turns out they want you to have experience if you're going to go into a job in games media. And that clicked for me after a while. And uh, once that did, I started my own website and podcast. Uh, it was called OK Beast. And it was me basically throwing anything in my portfolio onto that website, right? So it was podcasts, it was YouTube videos, it was like, I would make music at the time, so I'd put that on there as well. Like anything that, that I did creatively that I thought would contribute to like building a portfolio, I ended up putting on OK Beast. And shortly after starting it, I uh, became friends with folks who I would then collab on OK Beast with, where, you know, my friend Alex, we realized we worked really well together creatively. We had done like a short podcast series about Overwatch because Overwatch at first came out and it was really fun. It was really good. And after that, we decided, hey, let's do a fundraiser thing with Extra Life because Extra Life is a video game organization that does charity work and we work really well together. And so we were like, yo, what if we just collab like and make this a thing, right? What if we do OKBeast as a group, right? And it was me, it was Alex, it was our friend Brandon and a couple more of us doing OKBeast as a crew like, you know, kind of funny or like any other podcast group or content creation group, right? That then became us. And at the same time that all of this was happening, I was part of the kind of funny community because for those who don't know, Greg Miller, who at the time was at IGN in 2015, I want to say, started kind of funny as, you know, him and a group from IGN left IGN, started kind of funny and we're doing that independently. And I was such a big fan of Kind of Funny, right? I was listening to everything. I loved the um, the PlayStation podcast that they started doing after a while. I loved the Kind of Funny podcast, like all the products they had. I was like, 
dude, I'm listening to everything. You know, I was such a big fan. And with that, I was also being involved in the community. So I'll post on their Facebook group. I'll post in the Twitter groups, all that stuff. And, you know, Tim from Kind of Funny, Greg from Kind of Funny, you know, multiple Kind of Funny members took notice of me, right? They're like, oh, cool. That's blessing. Like they, they knew my name. They knew my profile picture, all that stuff. And after a while, they started taking notice of the work I was doing. They had saw that I started a podcast. They had saw that I was making YouTube videos. After a while, I was making a lot of video essays. And I absolutely loved editing, doing voiceover, doing all that stuff to make those video essays. And uh, I think Tim in particular really liked that stuff. And so after a while, I get hit up by the Kind of Funny team because in 2019, they did the Up and Comers Week, right? Uh, I came down for that. But basically what that week was, was like a week long, hey, we're bringing in a fan to make content with us to kind of like do like a, almost like a rushed internship kind of deal, you know, figure out what, how it works behind the scenes, like learn some skills, do all that stuff, right? And you come out and you do this for free. And so did the Up and Comers Week, had fun with it. And after that, I got hit up by Tim. Tim was like, hey, we want to bring you into Kind of Funny to work full time. And now I'm here. <laughs> that's pretty much how it happened. The crux of that to me is the DIY ethic. I think that's so important for, you know, it's a th- like in comics, people are like, how do you get into comics? I just want to, I want to write Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Well, you have to write, com- just write, write your own comics, draw your own comics, get out there and make the stuff that you want to make. And then you can have something that you can show to people like, look, this is a thing I do. I can do this. Let me do it for you. And that's a, I think that's cool. Yeah. You, you, you made it happen. It's funny because listening to Kind of Funny, there are two schools of advice when it came to whenever people would ask, how do I do what you're doing? So many people want to do video game podcasting and get into content creation because now it's such a popular thing. And the two schools of thoughts I would hear, and it's not just from Kind of Funny, I think it's from people in general who are in the, the games industry. It's either just do it, right? Just start it, just do it on your own, like build consistency, build that skill, and then eventually it, it can happen for you, right? But then the other school is like, hey, this might not happen. Like you can do everything right. You can you know, build the skill, you can be consistent, you can do every single thing right and still not get the job because it is hard, right? It is hard to get into games media. There are only so many spots, like you know, that kind of methodology. And when I started doing OK Beast, right, the DIY thing, I was like, all right, I guess it's worth it, right? Like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, you know, I think full sending it and committing to it all the way really did work. And honestly, like, I would encourage anybody to subscribe to the first school of thought of, hey, just do it. You know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But guess what? For OK Beast, one of the things that worked for me with OK Beast was that by the time I got hit up by Kind of Funny, OK Beast had built somewhat of a following. You know, it was a small following, but it was enough people that supported us and loved what we did. And I fully believe if I kept doing OK Beast, OK Beast would um, be a successful thing right now. Hell yeah. Right? And so, like, if you're somebody who wants to get into media, you want to get into podcasting, you want to get, get into content creation, even if your end goal is to get hired by Marvel or get hired by a different organization, I would say, hey, just still do it because you never know what you can create on your own. And building your own thing might end up being something that even supersedes the dream of wanting to work for a different organization. And so I think the the process of DIY is just as exciting as the idea of getting hired. Yeah. It's something that I I never really thought of is that that second vibe of like, it may not happen. And it's true. It's true. I think that's a good also like, hey, it's really hard to be successful in in really any any industry. So it's okay if it doesn't work out. But it's not going to work out if you don't try. Exactly. It's definitely not going to happen if you don't put the effort in at all. 1,000%. And I like to think that, for me, everything in life is about the journey, right? And so even for a lot of things, hey, if OKBs didn't work out, at least I had a fun time doing it. At least I got an experience. At least I tried. And I get to say that I tried. And so, yeah, for anybody, I would subscribe to the methodology of just do it. And if it doesn't work out, like, it doesn't work out. As we're starting to wrap up, I want to ask you, not necessarily what is your favorite game of all time, but... If you think about your favorite games and experiences in games, are there any that are lesser known? To give you a thought, I love the Marvel games and I love a lot of like, you know, big, I really loved Cyberpunk this year. I, f- I played it in like the new version. It became one of my favorite experiences. Witcher 3 was great. But for me, there's a Nintendo game called Stinger, which is the weirdest side-scrolling shoot 'em up where like the first boss is a giant watermelon that spits pits at you and you fight at one point a pipe that blows bubbles at you and it's really great it's part of the parodia series but it came out when i was a kid and they didn't call it parodias it was just stinger it's like that and shining force shining force is an old school sega franchise that is my all-time favorite thing but like 
nobody knows those anymore. And so those would be like that kind of vibe for me. The one that immediately comes to mind for me is a game called Jet Force Gemini, which is an N64 game that was developed by Rare. Of course, Rare, very popular N64 developer at the time. They put out games like Banjo Kazooie, they put out Donkey Kong 64, they made GoldenEye, they made a lot of your favorite games on that platform. Like it was it was basically Nintendo and Rare on the N64 that were like battling back and forth to make the best games. But they put out a game called Jet Force Gemini that didn't get as much love uh, and that kind of went a bit under the radar. But I love Jet Force Gemini. To this day, like I still go back and play it because it's in Rare Replay if you have it on Xbox. And it is this third-person shooter where you are playing as this squad of three, right? It's a guy named Juno, it's a girl named Vela, and it's a dog named Lupus. And it's a puppy, actually, named Lupus, who, like, has jetpacks on his feet. It's amazing. And it's like he has a gun strapped to his back, and so you're running around with this dog with, like, a pistol on your back just shooting up aliens. But, yeah, it's basically, like, this alien, you know, invasion. The aliens invaded different planets and, like, kidnapped the locals, and you're going through, you're saving them, you're taking out the aliens. The aliens are also bugs. Like, they're life-sized ants and beetles and stuff that you're fighting against you can shoot their heads off and like blood will splurt out it's fun violent ridiculous but also it was so unique at the time especially on n64 because nintendo 64's controller wasn't great and there weren't many third person shooters on that platform because it was nearly impossible to make a good third person shooter on that platform and i think that's where a lot of the flack from jet force gemini comes in like the controls for jet force gemini are not great they're a bit better on xbox now but I understand anybody who's like, this game sucks to control, but I adjusted to it. I really liked it. And it was, I, I want to say it was my first third person shooter. And so playing it in that way, I thought was special. But then also like that game went on to, I would say, influence and inspire games like Ratchet and Clank. You know, Ratchet and Clank has a similar ordeal where it is this 3D platformer, third person shooter that where you're, is planet trotting a thing? I know globe trotting is, but like, you're going from, from planet to planet, you know, similar sort of, sort of ordeal. Like, Jeff Force Gemini was Ratchet and Clank before Ratchet and Clank. And I go back to it to this day and still love it and still um, appreciate it. And the soundtrack is fantastic. And I love the style of it. There's so much I love out of Jeff Force Gemini. But yeah, that's one that does not get talked about at all by people. But it's one that I absolutely adore. Nice. I'm going to go pull it down on my Xbox. I have Rare Replay. Heck yeah. Yeah. I can picture it from like going to Blockbuster when N64 was hot. Um, all right, everybody, go play Jet Force Gemini. And of course, check Blessing out on Kind of Funny Games. Well, Kind of Funny everything. Yeah, youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. There you go. Easy peasy. Thanks, Bless. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Blessing Adioye Jr. for taking some time and chatting. He's a really great young dude. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. He's like... He's a fine young man. Fine young man. Uh, doing some great <laughs> work a with... He's full-grown adult, right? He's not really a young man. I feel like I'm getting older <laughs> very quickly. But, that, um, unfortunately, it just keeps happening. I know. So go check out Kind of Funny Games, like, everywhere. They're doing really cool stuff. They have a new studio launching next week, which is really, really cool. But we got to keep this show rolling. What do we got? So our question of the week. Next week, we're going to have on some friends from Marvel Studios, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Kat Koiro and Jessica Gao, the director and head writer, respectively, of the series. And I'm very excited for that. But we're going to have a lot of New York Comic Con mm -hmm. news in our next episode. So I think we have to ask folks... What was their favorite thing out of New York Comic Con? Favorite bit of news, favorite cosplay, favorite anything, favorite experience if you're there on the floor, favorite time Ryan's mustache was on the live stream, whatever it might be. I'm full beard right now. It's real weird. The mustache is thicker I, yeah. and longer, but I've just decided, you know what? We're going into the, the cold season. I'm letting the beard stay. Well, people know who you are. I guess, well, most of the time you're going to be masked, but <laughs> you should draw a mustache on your mask. Yeah. So people can always recognize you. I need a big, bushy, like actual, like fake mustache to play. Like get on a stick it. on one? Yeah. Of course, you can tweet us your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twinpodcastsandmarvel.com, or you can send us a message on our Facebook page, which you should totally like, facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. And of course, let us know if it's okay to read on the show so we can read it on the show like we're going to do right now. Boo -boo. Question of the week last week was, when you go to a big convention such as New York Comic Con, what's the first thing you do? And so Amy isn't ready for New York Comic Con at School of Flies <laughs> says... It's a weeks-long process involving the floor map, 
exhibitor announcements, and panel schedules. I have a prioritized spreadsheet. It's color-coded. If the Marvel booth has Scotty Young pins this year, the whole sheet is getting trashed. Amy, Amy, I am so excited for your, like, organizational skills. All right, next up, we got Steph Sprouse at Product of Sloth, who said, buy groceries for the hotel room, pack snacks. I am my own mother. (laughs) Yes. You got to do it. It's so hard to get food sometimes, and sometimes you just want to be like... Ugh, I just want to be able to have something that I don't have to wait in line for. A hundred percent. I do that at San Diego because I don't get to mm-hmm. have a hotel room in New York. So uh, <laughs> I have to come home and, and take out trash and scoop cat poop and stuff like that. But when I'm in San Diego, oh yeah, you better believe I'm stocking up. Lance Millions at Lancelot Links says, head over to the Marvel booth and check out the exclusive t-shirts that are on sale. Lance, I hope you know, we have a separate merch booth now. It's a second hub. There's like side by side. It's our little satellite of love and merch and money and t-shirts. So enjoy that. All right. Next up, Christian Angelus at XN underscore Angelus says, look for collectibles while getting my bearings. You got to do it. I love to like, you know, when we get a break from the booth to like go sift through all the comics and toys and gear and oh, it's fun. Mm hmm. Francis LaMonica at Fran Jersey says, start at one end and zigzag my way to the other unless there's something specific I am looking for. Francis, zigzag gives me agita. The idea of just like going like sort of diagonally and then, oof, you do you, Francis. You do you. All right. Next up, we got Clade Brooks at Clade Brooks One who said, the first thing I do is find a place to change into my (laughs) outfit. My suits can get so hot. Um. Honestly, I truly have so much respect for like, I'll go into the ladies washroom at like nine in the morning and there are some gals in there like getting ready, getting in full costumes, like finishing up their makeup mm-hmm. and and like it's also it's hard to schlep on the subway like in a full <laughs> like head to toe pleather outfit. So yeah. The best is New York Comic Con on a Thursday and Friday when there are still so many people going to and from like, like commuting office to work. <laughs> and they're just like, half of them are like, I don't care what you're wearing. And the other half are like, look at this fool. He looks amazing. It's great. It's I, so good. I just love also how like New Yorkers just don't care. Like you could just walk in and cl- nothing but glitter body paint and everybody be like mm-hmm. all right man that's your steez go yeah. for it mm-hmm. shout out to khalid if you've been to a marvel convention in the past you know five or so years khalid has done great cosplaying a lot of great miles costumes always terrific he's been a pal many times many times all right caroline cosplay at caroline cosplay says hunt down mark brooks's booth uh, mark Aww. brooks is great illustrator does a ton of great cover work now has done a lot of interior work over the years but does some great stuff yeah go to mark's booth i'm sure he has great exclusives and prints and stuff and um he's also a sweetie he is a sweetie next up we got julian cannon at julian excalibur who said the first thing i do is walk straight to the artist alley to catch up with my friends yeah um that is the best like honestly i think Obviously, come to the Marvel booth. There's lots of wonderful stuff going on, but also go to Artist Alley. Go meet your heroes. Meet the people who make the stuff that you love. There's some real geniuses just hanging out and super nice to talk to. You know, similarly, AJ at based underscore Marvel tweeted, run to the artist alley to find Inhyuk Lee, uh, who is, yeah, I saw Inhyuk posted uh, on Instagram going through the airport and getting ready, coming to the show. So it's great to have folks from all around the world coming to these conventions. And it's a, a rare chance to meet, like Lorraine was saying, some of your amazing artistic heroes. So, yeah, very cool. Next up, we got Julia Delbell at Julia Delbell, who says, line up for the main thing I really want to do if I know it's going to be a popular event. If it's more niche or later in the con, I'll try to find out where people I know are so I can say hi. Very practical. I am Iron Kaniac at Iron Kaniac tweeted, take a moment to appreciate that these events have gotten so big and widely celebrated. Conventions aren't something you get laughed at for attending anymore, but events that no one wants to miss. Well said, Iron Kaniac. Heck yeah. 
All right, next up, we got a Facebook message here from Christopher Pinillo. We got it a little late, your answer, but nonetheless, we're reading it here on the show. And it says, at D23 Expo, I'm looking forward to all the trailers from the Marvel Cinematic Universe coming out, which I will promptly begin a constant attempt to evade. (laughs) I haven't purposefully watched an MCU trailer since 2002, and I haven't had a single second of spoiled screen time. Almost every single visual element, dialogue line, and character design has hit me for the first time there in the theater. It's awesome and completely mental. I recommend you try it. I used to really love to do this um, and would fully avoid trailers, but we can't really do that with our job anymore. It does happen on occasion. We also got a Facebook message from Rafael Michelangelo Perry, who just was just like, you know what? Fantastic job with episode seven of Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Just incredible. I like that message. Just, you know what? Throwing it out there. I like this show. Thank you for making it. Thanks, Raphael. We also got this email from Heather answering a question from a week or so ago about Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder saying, sorry, we're so late to get our answer in. Nolan's favorite part is the two post-credit scenes. They were exciting and surprising. Mom's favorite part was the first time Mjolnir comes apart for Mighty Thor and blasts into her many enemies. She did things her way and got them all done. Thanks for always bringing us together. Heather and Nolan. Oh, hmm. we love a family moment. Always terrific to hear from them. Also great to hear from Joe from last week. He he gave us the People's Republic of This Week in Marvel suggestion, which was <laughs> a great one. Uh, and Joe wrote in this week saying, I definitely love to be a citizen of the People's Republic of This Week in Marvel. And I'd even be glad to help you set up your new government. I was a poli-sci major in college and I used to work for a member of the U.S. Congress. So I think I could be useful in helping you get all the things set up plus since you're all family i'd be glad to work for scale please let me know uh <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there joe uh and then so joe says in answer to the question of the week like ryan i too like to be methodical when walking through a con when i went to planet comic-con here in kansas city a few months ago i traversed the exhibition hall in both a north and south and an east and west fashion making sure i covered every square inch of the hall and by doing so i met a lot of awesome people i'd love to team up with while I'm working to produce my musical saga about the blues. Like the amazing people who work with the Hero Initiative and an outstanding organization I'm eager to work with. And Bethany Bonson, an amazing lady who dresses in cosplay to help build her brand as a realtor in a local firm in Kansas City. And helps out a lot of great causes like being a sponsor of Planet Comic Con. Very cool message, Joe. Thank you for all that. And one of the reasons why I like to do that like up and down and then crisscross the aisles you don't want to miss any of the end cap aisles. You know what I mean? It's like if you yeah. if you are going willy-nilly, you might miss something. You want to see everything. That's the way to do it. Ryan is a completionist. Yes, very much so. To my detriment sometimes. Anyway, let's wrap <laughs> it up. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Hi, Brad. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to the People's Republic of This Week in Marvel. Be our friend. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. Libraries.